Let me get my recorder going here. Good morning, everybody. And um, we paused the jazz for a while. And uh, welcome to Enlightened Radio. <clears throat> here comes Karen into our virtual studio. Um, today's program um, is the Winners and Losers Radio program. And I uh, just we couldn't think of a new name, and that was the name we had, I don't know, 15 years ago, so uh, <coughs> we kept it. Anyway, and this is uh, our Friday program. Uh, I, I call it starts at 7.30ish. <laughs> so, and then um, you try to get the podcast up as soon as possible. I think we were, everything's recording. Sometimes I have a tendency to forget, and then I, that's a bad thing. So I turned on two of them, so in case I have to forget twice <laughs> to lose the record. Anyway, good morning, and uh, welcome, Karen. Karen Valentine, the co-host for this this, uh, this program, and we have a special guest running for <laughs> governor. Is that right? U.S. Senate. U.S. Senate. Senate. Yeah, I, I thought wrong last time too. It's all good. That's you know just senility. Just as it's long all as it is. Zach's old age. For something. I mean, good <laughs> lord, you know it's time to. <clears throat> anyway, welcome, Zach. So the United States Senate. So you're going to be running against either Justice or Looney, right? That's correct. You know. That's correct. Um, and are there other Democrats that are in the race? Um, there's there's one. Well, technically two, but only one's real. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Glenn Elliott, the mayor of Wheeling, has another race, and then okay. the third person is Don Blankenship, which is yeah, right. Not a, Another loony, yeah. yeah, right. No ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I really was. <laughs> I mean, nothing shocks me anymore. But yeah. when Blankenship entered, I just uh, it, it was a little too much for me to even swallow. <laughs> what would his base be? Dom, Dom, Dom Blankenship's base. Yeah, who's going to vote for him? I, you know, be honest, I couldn't tell you. He's tried this with the Republican Party before, and he uh, absolutely failed <laughs> there. He ran for U.S. Senate under them, and I think he yeah. ran for president under the Constitution Party. So, I mean, coming to the Democratic Party is probably going to play even worse for him on that, that regard. Yeah, I, so, I, I can't. Mean, uh, who knows? But uh, I assume he, he just wants to. I assume he just wants to stay relevant. And does he have? Uh, is he trying to raise money to pay off lawsuits or something? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's still independently wealthy, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I couldn't tell you why that man decided to this race. But like I said, like Weird. I said, there's technically three of us, but only two of us are actually okay. actually real. All right. What's the big issue in the race? If you had to uh, accomplish a single thing, what would it be? Gosh, man. <laughs> Everything's so interconnected. Um, the, <laughs> well, yeah, but there's a thread. Oh, it's right? nice to see a, uh, to hear a politician that actually knows that things are interconnected. That's you know, pretty it important. All, it, it all, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to um, the addiction crisis in West Virginia. Really, is at the root cause of many things, and that's the for me one of the main things I, I've been trying to tackle outside of this run. You know, just going through and doing Narcan trainings across the state and trying to break a. Um, the stigma of people being addicted. You know, right, right now we have a lot of 
the state the state government and along with you know the nation treats people um, who have their addiction like they're like they're not people that's just not true I, I have a very compassionate approach to this i think we you can't just throw people in jail and expect people to get better so we, we need to be encouraging re- recovery programs in, ma- uh, in mass across the state and others and help people get the help they need and just come from a place of understanding not just throwing people into prison and expecting that to help them get jobs and just it just gives it just could continually repeat the cycle of doom so zach it's something we've talked about before on the show it's something john and i are, are pretty pretty aligned and passionate about is is that um you know when when that cycle of addiction and poverty poverty addiction abuse mm. you know it, it's all related and it's such a distraction and I think it keeps the powers that be in power um, yeah. because you know, they, it takes so much pride and um, energy away from the people that really need the help and who, who we should be making laws, of, you know, for and about, and that's what legislation should be about is constituents. Mm. Mm. But it, it really silences a lot of people in our state. Right. And uh, But I, I think, like I said, the powers that be are, are just fine with that. So uh, well, it's it's really fighting, fighting a, a battle of classes almost. No, absolutely. I mean, like I said, the powers to be, I mean, it works to their favor to consistently uh, keep up the fear-mongering message, messaging that keeps sure. letters, you know, keeps letters divided, keeps people like you said, like you said, distracted from other issues. You know, if you keep people afraid um, of things, you'll it, it's the, the, that's their whole tactic. You know, I mean, you can look at the a lot of let's let's use the governor's race for example. All the ads coming out from uh, the Republican candidates in that regard, it's all just um, fear mongering, no solutions whatsoever. And that's that's uh, that always seems to be the playbook across the board for um, right. that side. How one one thing I want to ask you, I know that a lot of my uh, friends and colleagues that are actively involved in the Democrat Democratic Party um, and independence as well, everybody is sharing this grand frustration about messaging. Like, why are we not able to get through to 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 just the average? person about um you know this <laughs> i guess the stark contrast between being able to even stomach supporting some of these people i mean if west virginians knew what laws have been passed in uh, in the legislature legislature this year i mean i've never seen anything like this year's session it, it's mm. embarrassing. It's absolutely yeah. embarrassing. And um, it's like, how do we get the message out? How do we, how do we get over that hump? I feel like that's where our problem it's, is. Well, I've had actually a lot of success in this. This, this campaign has given me a lot of success in that. Going, I've gone into rooms full of Republicans and independents, what have you. And frankly, I have a very kind of aggressive messaging. I don't beat around the bush about it. And it goes a very. I have a very pro working class message. You know, I say you know when it comes down to social issues, we might not agree, but at the end of the day, I'm fighting to make sure you have food in your table. You know, your roads are fixed, your wages are actually reflective of the work 
of the work you're doing, which you know, right now none of us have the wages that reflect anything. You know, it, mm-hmm. it really, I, I, my messaging is I'm bringing this right to your doorstep and here's your problems going on. We might not agree on anything on, on a lot of things socially, but economically, we can't deny that West Virginia has fallen behind and our lives here are not doing great. We need jobs. We need to embrace the future. And I, I've had a lot of success in that. I just, um, I, I, yeah, I like that because it is just talking about real issues. And one thing, you know, I think I meant John and I were talking on telephone yesterday is, um, you know, a lot of very uh, right leaning or conservative um, Republicans often talk about, you know, government, you know, needs to stay out of our, our right to have guns and, you know, just government stay out of everything. Just, you mm-hmm. know, kind of a more libertarian kind of, um, you know, just do the basics but when you look at what they are governing they are getting involved in everything in everybody's bedroom and pants and bathroom and yeah that's that's one of the arguments that i that i like i like to use that 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 argument you know because they they come from a very um anti-government stance i'm like okay let's talk about it then why do you allow the government to say what uh someone can do with their body consistently why do you allow the government to mandate what's going on in someone's bedroom? That's not your business. It's not my business. Who, who, who cares what's happening there? It's not affecting anybody besides consensual people. That's literally not your, not your problem, man. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I have a very um, – I approach that very aggressively and very upfront about it. And people seem to resonate very heavily with that. I mean, I've been told multiple times um, that people appreciate uh, blunt honesty. <laughs> <laughs> like, because uh, ultimately, when when you, when you see uh, you know candidates in these types of races, it's usually beating around the bush, or they, um, let's say, you, you know, you ask me a question, I won't give you a ten minute answer, not even answering it, and I just I just can't do that. That's not how how I do things. So, well, you know, I, I, uh, I, I mean, we need more of you, and um, you know, less talking points and more reality. Yeah. So, um, I understand that. Uh, Almost a thousand uh, steel workers uh, gonna lose their job in the northern panhandle, <clears throat> and uh, also uh, about six or seven hundred uh, uh, logging. Yeah, workers. Um, one due allegedly to a trade dispute. Um, yeah, and are arguing about whether or not I guess it's China and India are dumping or mainly China I'm not sure somebody's dumping uh, steel at a but the state is dumping you know, yeah. surplus steel on the market that's the mm-hmm. accusation and it put one of them out of business but nonetheless uh, at the same time the legislature is trying to has on the table a uh, I'm not sure what happened to it on Monday. It may have failed in the House uh, to cut unemployment. Yeah. So I mean, it, it comes down for me. It comes down to <laughs> huh? it's, it's all corporate greed in the day. You know. I mean, there's they didn't have to lay off this. They don't have to lay off those workers, but they want to keep their max profits. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that company was making millions of dollars in profits. I posted about it on social media. Yeah. But um, yeah. Instead of instead of uh, you know, taking care of their work, taking care of their workers, they have to make sure their 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 pockets stay aligned, you know, their wallets stay full. So I mean, I, I put the blame right at the the uh, corporations 
leadership on that. And, what do we uh, do about it? Say it's about, what, what do we do, do about what? it? I mean, what what is it that we can do uh, about it, though? See, I mean, I'm. I'm yeah. You have. I mean, you have to. I mean, it's it's you have to be a, an aggressive approach to this in government and really rein in these uh this uh. I'm trying to think of the right word here, but these the, the, the problem with corporations in America is that it, it, it all comes down to is they don't protect their actual workers. They'd rather send their jobs overseas to pay those workers across the overseas yeah. incredibly low wages. No Americans can work, and if you do get a job here, they'll um, they'll blame it on like I said, they'll they'll blame it on tariffs, they'll blame it on um, trade disputes. You, you have to you have to rein them to the point where working class people are protected. It's not all about um, a corporate boardroom or stockholders making all their money. So it, it's going to come down to the government actively has to, you know, legislature to band together and actively fight um, CEOs, fight these corporations to. to, um, a, to on to, the to, table, to there's the a third. There's a third issue that I believe that uh, Kroger and Albertson are about to merge, and uh, oh, yeah, there's quite a that. few. Uh, uh, union members in Kroger in the and just in West Virginia, I know that uh, who's. I, I believe that this is also a, an effort to weaken the union in Kroger's by the acquisition of Albertsons, which is a used to be a uh, Mormon-owned organization way back. I don't know whether it still is or not, but I don't know if it is or not. I've um, um, I've just recently become a abreast to the. Kroger Union. I've been I've been trying to figure out how to assist the Kroger's uh, Union. I think have they gone on strike yet? I don't believe they are on strike just yet. No, but they're uh, they're very apprehensive about this merger. That's what I, I've heard. And there's uh, there's talk of. I'm not sure the contract, the current contract, or the distribution of stores and stuff like that would remain the same. So there's the possibility that you know union stores would be closed and. Yeah, you know, I know people are very much worried about price gouging if uh, Kroger and Albertsons um, join together because then you have literally Kroger's, Kroger and Albertsons and Walmart would be like, I think, I don't quote me on that, I can't get like 70% of all grocery stores in some way or another. Right. Mm-hmm. So that you'd have no real, co- yeah, it, it would, it would, probably, it would, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I, I, I stay with the workers on that. Um, and I've been trying to um, figure out what they're going to do. I, I thought they were already striking, then I, Oh my God, I might have, <laughs> you know, JB was telling me yesterday about something and he wants, he wants, he has somebody that wants to come on the show actually next week uh, to okay. talk about it. But, uh, um, I, I, well, I mean, uh, here's another thing is that if, if the government is dysfunctional, um, I mean, you know, in other words, there's problems going on with the people, but, uh, yeah. the, the government broke all these complicated reasons not responsive or for the the way certain vested interests are controlling the the setup makes it uh, so it can't respond mm-hmm. uh, well okay so i mean the usual solution for that is to put people in motion and to walk out and go on strike and have big mm-hmm. protests and basically shut everything down until everybody turns around and starts to listen hey there's uh, somebody you have to talk to out here at the door um mm-hmm about what the hell you're doing and you know i I, i'm reaching the point uh on a whole national level here where something like that's got to happen um i mean let me just take the 
the elementary one is that you have a guy in a movement running for president that um, doesn't isn't going to regard the outcome. Right. Uh, doesn't care about the election, and uh, and and that's a pretty uh, interesting. You know, like a pre-Civil War kind of move, okay? Well, it doesn't matter what you do. We're not going to recognize it, right? In other words, you're not legitimate. And uh, we're not going to have a conversation. We're going to have a war. Um, so, and, and, and when you're in that kind of situation, I, I don't know what you can do except try to mobilize people. Uh, you say, I'm sorry, folks. Your representatives cannot represent you. Uh, you have to act for yourselves. Um, no, I mean you're you're at I mean, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. It, it it takes everything. It's not just getting the right person elected. It takes all the bottom from the bottom up. You know, I, I've said it. I've said it in an event at a Harper's Ferry. You know, it takes organizers on the ground doing the, the important work to get things done. It takes the activists to you know raise raise the alarm, raise the message, and then it, it has to all work in tandem together from bottom to the top. You know, you have that's where you get the right people elected. So you have you have um, your organizers have someone to back back them up in D.C. or um, in the state, you know, but if you keep elected the wrong people, then you, 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 you can only get so much done, but I, but you know, so absolutely it all, it all becomes from the bottom up. So you're, you organizers on the ground, like you said, you're trying to get, trying to get strikes to happen. Yes. I mean, if there's, it, it has to happen at this point, but it, it all has to work in tandem in, in a nation such as like, you know, the United States of America, it, it all has to work in, in tandem to, to actually make a, the change necessary. You know, you talk about you were in Harper's Ferry. Uh, that was reminded me of a question I wanted to ask. Where, what areas of the state do you feel like um, you have a the strongest foothold, or um, you know, kind of the, are the most challenging? Hmm. Like, what is the dynamic when you have traveled around as far as your campaign? I've had a lot of positive reactions across the state. It's kind of hard to. Name down. I think I think the, the Eastern Panhandle has been uh, very great. Um, every time I go up there, it's always a great time, and I always have the most most positive reception. Um, uh-huh. I have a lot of uh, you know I, I come from Southern West Virginia, so that's the um, I, I'm I'm known down here, and I have a lot of um, support in here as well. Morgantown's great. Um, for me, for the hardest parts to get to is probably just honestly just the incredibly rural counties um in between like you know from in between charleston and morgantown really they try trying to get right. trying to get there because there's trying to get meetings set up is that that's the hardest you know like it's, it's legit it comes down to the logistics like what can i what can i do what can i do to get meetings set up there now i am about to um launch my field my field program so you'll be oh, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll be we'll be deep all over the state so <laughs> This, this this answer will change probably by uh, in the next uh, week or so. Oh, that's wonderful! Yeah. I, and like I told you in my text to you, you know, I've had a lot of people here locally ask me about you know ask my opinion, ask ask me about you. Um, so that it, that's why it is always nice to be able to talk to you, so I can so I can speak honestly, not just based on a idea. But I I always do tell people to check out your you know Facebook page and um, website and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what has been? I mean, you're a West Virginian, so there's probably not a lot that has surprised you. But has there been something that has come up by voters that you were, you know, had a scratch your head moment about? Is there something interesting? 
I mean, a- anything coming out of the Capitol. <laughs> um, good Lord. Um, yeah. On the campaign trail, n- not not really. I mean, I've had – no, not really. I- I've, been, I've been doing this long enough to where most – everything is pretty normal <laughs> at this point. Yeah. You know, I'm, like I said, it really comes down to there's not a lot of scratch-your-head moments when it comes down to just talking to regular people. You know, it, Republican or Democrat, it all comes down to the same thing. People are worried about keeping food on the table for their families. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they worry about jobs or worry about, you know, their families in addiction. Then they can't find recovery for it. They're not getting they're not getting paid paid enough. When the thing is, it's 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 communication that's lacking. And a lot of times um, people don't know what's going on at the uh, the you know, state government level. You, know, you said, you know, they're going to cut unemployment benefits. You know, that's that's bad. That's horrible. But no one knows about it because those because you're not being told about it. So. It really, if you want, if you want to change the outcome, it's going to take a long, like a very long. It's going to be a long process, but we have to get on the ground and start. Like it's almost like a massive door knocking campaign, going door to door in West Virginia, telling people this is what's going on at your state legislature. Yeah, and, and um, that kind of circles back to what I was saying in the beginning. Is is just you know that that one on one because people are so. Uh, blind side sided by you know just whatever television uh, station mm-hmm. they watch and and they just I think I think they're in a rut honestly and you know people are just using the same rhetoric over and over and it is so important like you said you know door knocking and feet on the ground because it's the only way to really connect with people and and try to break the cycle that we're in. Well, yeah, that's uh, that nice about I've had. That, that's one of the things I do. I do is I try to do it in in, in mash. You know, whoever's canvassing for me has the same mess as the same messaging. You know, just be be you, be upfront, and be honest about it. You know, and it, it like and that's the thing. People, it, when you have a society that where, where jobs aren't plentiful, let's say you know, if, let, let me use the coal fields for example. You know, the nearest employment hub is like an hour away, so you have to drive an hour from your home to get there. You're getting paid probably twelve dollars an hour. Then you got to drive back home. Um, how much is that costing gas? There goes part of your paycheck. Then you, you most likely have to have an outrageous daycare cost. So that your you, your paycheck is essentially just going back and forth to work, barely making ends meet. You get back home, you have what three, four hours to relax, you have to go to sleep. So what do you do? You you worry you worry about your food, you worry about you know your family, but you turn on that one hour, most likely Fox News, and that's what you're going to get for the day. And then you have um, you have Chris Miller telling you that. People are scary, and then you have Raleigh Moore telling you um, some crazy message about um, illegal immigrants. <laughs> like, and, but, but, I know. But, that, but that's what that, that's that's the that's the um, fear mongering messaging that people get that they go to bed with that. And you know, right. that's what I'm saying. We, we have to ramp up our messaging to counter that because it's it is it's it's just the ads coming out are disgusting, but people are seeing that. It is. It's interesting that you brought that up. I stop. My, that's my dog. Sorry. I had two. Um, I had two fellas here at my house yesterday doing some work for me and they, it's a father and son. They live down below Petersburg and they come to the Eastern Panhandle and stay during the week to work. And then, and then um, they go home for the weekend. And I was talking to them about, you know, what their home was like. And, you know, it's a family farm, but their house burnt down a couple years ago. So they've been living in a camper and, and, you know, just telling me the whole story. And, you know, frankly, I've lived in a camper before with my kids. And uh, so <laughs> I can relate. And 
we had a just a great great conversation and they were just saying how they just wouldn't trade it for the world though even though they've had a tough run of it the last couple of years and um they they love their property and the beauty and the street and the they're on the south branch of the potomac and they fish and hunt and they just absolutely love it and um and i wanted more than anything to ask them about who they vote for because yeah. it, it's kind of like you zach it's like we have all the qualities of you know we understand poverty. We love the environment. We understand the beauty of this state. And for us, it's like, how could you ever vote for Trump or vote Republican? You know? Yeah. Um, but then I had my question answered when they pulled away. Of course, I saw the bumper sticker on their truck and, and, um, and it just, it, it boggles my mind. I mean, they were the sweetest people. They, they just, you know, yeah. we, like you said, yeah. we were so aligned in so many ways. You know, um, they loved my dog, and they were telling me about their dog that just died. <laughs> right. I mean, we were we were the same, but then it's just it's something that I just still, you know, I just it, it, I don't have the answers to, but I keep I keep pondering it. Well, I have a couple of questions. Um, <clears throat> maybe if you're going for the United States Senate. Um, now, you know, historically, uh, in West Virginia, anyway, um, at least uh, in, my, in, in my memory, I'm, <laughs> I've only, I, I, you know, I, uh, my family came here, came from West Virginia, but um, uh, I, I only moved back here, what, 20 years ago now, so. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's, um, Senator Byrd was uh, famous for, uh, establishing a base semi-independent of the coal industry by uh, bringing a ton of federal money into the state and yeah. a lot of public jobs. And he, uh, by virtue of the fact that he was, uh, you know, in charge of the uh, Appropriations Committee and was signing checks. So uh, I think between him and Ted Stevens that in Alaska, they sort of traded that off and uh, brought a lot of money into the state. <clears throat> for about well, Shepherdstown, uh, Shepherd University, uh, yeah. Harpers Ferry. I mean, the the, uh, the homeland security. A lot of the uh, federal military money in the state. Um, you know, so and when Joe got in, Manchin got in. He didn't have that same uh, leverage, so he sort of designed his own, which was to stand, you know, right in between the Republican and Democratic parties and. Uh, you know, act like uh, and got himself in a situation where he was the guy who could vote an entire program like Biden's up or down. Right. You know, by what he was going to do. And he leveraged that to bring a ton of money from the, uh, you know, Re Inflation Reduction Act and the, and the pandemic, you know, recovery thing. So. Yeah. Um, so now it, when you get into the Senate, though, and. Uh, you realize how much anti-poverty money from the federal government is coming into the state. I believe that we pay, I think that we get a third more, I, I have to look up the numbers to be sure, but I think we get about a third more from the federal government than we pay the federal government. 
So Cal- I think I think we're funded. I think we're the most funded state, really. Are we? Or so m- m- maybe or we're the second. I, mean, I can't remember what I'm at. You know, you, you either have to have a really crazy, I mean, a really imaginative and creative industrial policy in mind for the state that would somehow, uh, you know, I mean, West Virginia exports a very high level of wealth, actually. Yeah. Um, but how do you? You know, because if you went in, uh, you wouldn't be you would you. I don't think you're going to stand between the Republican and Democratic Party like Joe, and I don't think you're going to be end up uh, to be on the. Um, you're going to be more like coming in like Bernie <laughs> came yeah. in a little bit, right? So on the other hand, you know, if you can't bring that money from the federal and you're pa- back in, right? Poverty is going to increase because the current industrial policy in the state is very difficult to alter certainly and that's it well, you, you, you already can answer that question you have to create your own leverage you have to find that point yeah. you have to find that spot where you can you can ensure that um west virginia is getting money to this location now what's that look like i mean that's building alliances that's um you do you, know, you do have to work with others to make that happen like i say you have to create your own leverage um, yeah, of course, out of everybody in this race, they would be a, a junior senator at this point. And that's one of my talking points is that this is one of, to me, this is one of the last elections for West Virginia that we can really remain relevant. Like Senator Manchin, um, no matter how we how we think about him, has kept us relevant because he's a you know, very well-known politician. Right. And he's been powerful. Now that he's retiring, it's, it's up for grabs. And it depends on, you know, what do you want, West Virginia? Do you want someone who's going to fight for you, find that leverage point, get things here? Or are we going to surrender it to like someone like Alec Mooney, who or Jim Justice, who will sell us out or let us fade fade to oblivion? You know, I mean, you, 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 so that's that's been my biggest thing is you have to send a fighter there, and mm-hmm. you know, try. <laughs> like you know, it comes down to is like you know, it, no matter who it is, we're all going to be at a junior level to the federal government, mm-hmm. and it you know it, it, it it's going to come down to is what do you want to see. In that seat, do you want the same old, same old? Do you want uh, Cole Baron? Do you want whatever Hal Mooney is, <laughs> or do you Cole want Baron. someone who's going to fight for this? How about uh, for, now? Senators have quite a bit to say about uh, foreign policy, so war and peace. How, how do you you got any uh, views on that? <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm very. I've been very pro peace. Um, I was pro ceasefire from the very beginning with the, with the um, situation in Gaza. Um, and I've had, you know, I think that it's been a very, uh, more accepted talking point, uh, everywhere I go more so than I thought it was, would be, I thought it was a little more controversial, but, um, it's not, it's not, I said, I'm very pro peace. The situation in Ukraine for me is very complex, um, cause it's an ongoing war and it, there's so many parties involved. Um, I keep saying that I wish we could, uh, find a peaceful, peaceful resolution, but, uh, any politician or whoever is. Um, let's say in front of a camera talking to you about this, trying to give you an answer. There is no answer right now for the Ukraine situation. There's, you know, there's multiple avenues you can take from. Whoever's going to tell you this is how we do it is 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 lying to you. There is no, no one knows the way to do it because the situation is consistently changing. You know, either we make um, a DMZ scenario, you uh, make Kiev a fortress city <laughs> to where Russia can't actively take it, or you have to get concessions and give up the regions that they've taken and then hope and then have peace. You bring Ukraine to NATO. I don't know what it looks like, um, but I'm, I'm more for, I'm very much for a peaceful res- resolution in both accounts. Yeah. Um, Benjamin, uh, 
Franklin once said that uh, he never saw a good war or a bad peace, yeah. and he was a master of both. Yeah. I said, and me, I, I mean, I'm a Marine Corps veteran, and I'm, I was in the infantry. You know, I have a lot of friends who, um, you know, have just been forgotten about. And I, I, once you're out, of, once you get out of the military, you become a veteran. It, you're very much. Um, it's almost like being kicked to the curb. And this is a whole much longer conversation, but I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing in the veteran community. Once you leave, you're just you, you're kind of left out in the the cold, you know, and you're not. Um, it's not hard. It's not. It's not easy to transition. So it's it's a whole right. different conversation. But yeah, it's it's another thing about that. That's what I'm saying. Like what you, we we we, we I do not want to see American boots on the ground in Europe. So that's why I'm so um, big on a peace resolution. I do not want to see NATO, NATO troops pouring into Ukraine because that that's it will never be a good situation at all. It won't be a good no. outcome. At all. It can't end until you uh, overthrow. Uh, I mean, you know, Ukraine was in Russia for 800 years. Yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. longer than Texas was here in here. Okay, so uh, you can see how emotions would be difficult to resolve. Anyway, but, um, yeah. well, Laura, okay, so. Um, what's next on the campaign trail? What's next, man? Here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gosh, everything. Um, um, I'm, I've been, I just, where was I just the other day? Um, I've been doing a lot of meetings across the state, uh, meeting with union halls, uh, democratic executive committees, um, federation women groups, uh, me, I've been doing meet and greets across the state. Uh, I probably do usually three or four things a week. I mean, I literally am going in my car. You can ask my waistline. Um, I, <laughs> I just can't, I can't wait cause I'm driving so much, but I mean, it's necessary. Like I'm, I'm consistently on the ground meeting people and doing 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 what I can. You know, I'm in this to win. Um what's next is honestly it's gonna be it's gonna be our, our field game. You know, I have hundreds of volunteers uh signed up. You know, people are really excited, really want to get things rolling. They want to know how to help. So you'll just keep keep watching by social media and you'll you know, uh, you'll, I will and I'll send people your way for sure. Um I uh oh did you get a chance to see um Beto O'Rourke in Charleston? I did not know. Okay, okay, because you know he'll be here in Shepherdstown uh, Sunday, Monday. Monday, right? I will be. Oh. I'll be up there Sunday, I believe. Yes. Oh, you are coming on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Well, two o'clock on Sunday at the Wall. We—that's a local term um, in Shepherdstown. <laughs> in Shepherdstown, right in the center of town, there's there's a wall. It's a um, it's an old stone wall, and um, we're having a, uh, you know, non nonpartisan voting rights rally at two o'clock. Okay. Um, if you get into town early, um, but and then I know there's the reception at seven o'clock with Beto. Um, so yeah, let, you know, hit me up if you're in town. But we will be. Um, I'd like to let everybody know. And John, you spread the word too. So okay. two o'clock voting rights rally in in Shepherdstown. What's the uh, what are the demands of the uh, at the voting rights rally going to be? Do you know? There are no demands. <laughs> <laughs> well, We're just I mean... going to be out there. It's the first. It's the first Sunday of the farmers market. We're really trying to get. Uh, students, young people, motivated. We feel like the weather's going to be nice. There will probably be a lot of people out and about. Um, actually, when we get off, I'm going to go work for a couple hours and then head over to the courthouse and get some um, materials about 
you know, deadlines, early voting, just educating people, reminding people how how important it is to vote. Oh, I see. So it's a, it's oh, no, it's not so much voting. It's like uh, get get registered, you know, get involved. Okay, so you've got some yeah, troops. Yeah. Maybe some campaign yep. workers and, for and uh, you know help Lucia. help people who, who <laughs> help people who may not be registered. You know, reach out to right. your people that may not be registered and true. You know, get everybody involved. You know, we probably should set up a table at the college and uh, get people uh, listening to the programs more. Oh, we could do that. Mm, yeah, I should work on that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we just uh, Jan Hafer and um, Amy and you know I, I've just kind of been a little bit on the sidelines but helping out I'll, I'm bringing a little PA system and all that so if there's anybody there that wants to say something there was a you know, about I, themselves. I, there was in the news there was a big crowd at the college you favor for yesterday yesterday over the ceasefire right absolutely yep there was uh, and I think that was organized by some shepherd students but it was uh, and like I said I, I just happened to see it when I drove through town <coughs> Uh, I didn't know about it, but it's pretty interesting in our little town that they had quite a turnout. Yeah. So, um, that's, so yeah, uh, we're hoping that that's interesting voting to know who to, organized yeah. that. that. That's that's whoever did that. That good work. Yeah, right. I might be able to find out on Sunday. So, okay. so yeah, that's happening two o'clock Sunday. Two o'clock Sunday. Voting. All right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Voting rights. Yep. And Monday is uh, Beta Auroric at uh, the Franks. Is that the Frank Center or the? Uh... That is, yeah. He's he's okay. coming in sometime on Sunday, and there is a ticket only reception <laughs> at the Bavarian on um, Sunday night at seven. And I think I believe that there are still tickets available for that. And the proceeds from that are going to the Bird Center. Um. And then, let's see. So I bought a ticket to something. I know. I, I thought, but I thought it was a Monday event that I bought a ticket. Yeah, for. the Monday event is his open to the public main event, and that is where he Beto will be speaking at the Frank Center. And uh, he's not running for president running. though yet, right? No, unfortunately. <laughs> well. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm getting. I'm wondering whether we're, we're going to make it to the election at all. <laughs> you know, without someone start uh, issuing executive orders, it's just. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm a little concerned about. Uh, about that. Fingers crossed. You know, the polls in the Midwest, for example. Let me get Zach. To, Zach to react to this because uh, I, I find it both confusing and disturbing. Um, one is is that in the seven swing states, and I don't remember all of them, but I, you know, Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Georgia, I forget, there's a bunch more. Uh, Trump leads Biden in the major polls, and uh, by between two and four percent everywhere. Yeah, in those states, and at the same time. A different poll, a different, you know, set of question survey was asking people about uh, six out of ten people said they thought that Trump was dangerous, and then right. eight out of ten people thought that Biden's too old to be president. Right, and uh, that sounds like a uh, a bad cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it really, it's going to come down. I mean, we don't. 
we don't need another 2016 approach. Biden needs to get to those states and start campaigning there hard. And it comes down to, for me, it's come, it's going to come down to union support. I mean, the man need, the man needs to be more pro union than he is now, and start hitting those states hard on campaign. I don't see Biden campaigning that hard, and I'm not sure why they're not. Um, but he he needs to go ahead and come out the gate. If if he's going to be the nominee, then he needs then you know the, the Biden campaign, whoever his staff is, needs to go ahead and uh, step into yeah. gear and get to those states. Because I mean, we saw the 2016 where uh, um, Clinton ignored those states thinking that she had in the bag and those states ultimately um took the race from her so yeah i don't know if he's still under lesson or <laughs> i totally agree and i just you know that's the concern is does he have it in him to to do that hard campaigning and i mean i, I it's got to happen and <laughs> yeah it'll happen soon and yeah otherwise i mean i don't know i think taylor swift's the only one that can save us <laughs> She, yeah, maybe. If she threw her hat in the race, but she's probably not even old enough. <laughs> no, well, who knows? <laughs> On that note. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift, right. Well, I mean, she's smart enough, that's for sure, because uh, she's demonstrated that. But um, yeah. well, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I don't know. How, I, I don't know. Yeah, I I have to hop, but I'll, I know. You guys can we, we have to leave it on. at this point. This. <laughs> unfortunately oh my god anyway zach well you know i i view you like uh you know one of king arthur's knights you know who um got sent off on a really you know difficult trip (laughs) and you know and you're you're, i hope you um get to the lake and the lady gives you that sword, okay? Yeah, uh, thanks for melting the horse. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> all right, thank you all for having me on. All right, thank you, man. And then just keep us in touch. And anything we can do to, uh, you know, uh, help you, uh, you know, push the just, message or do what we can. Uh, to, just keep keep talking to people, sharing my stuff. And uh, I, I will. Like I said, just keep watching. You'll, I, got, right. I got some more things coming. So, you know. I'm, okay, I'm, great. I, I, I'm right. planning to win. All right, buddy. Thank you. Great. All right, everybody. This is uh, the Winners and Losers Radio Program signing off once again on a Friday. And uh, I can't do a Howard Corsell impersonation like Mike. But anyway, we'll be back next week (laughs) with another exciting program about Shepherdstown and and things that are trying to destroy Shepherdstown. (laughs) Shepherdstown and beyond. You know, the growing... Have a great weekend, everybody. Get out there and come to the rally and do what you can. Sunday, too. Take care of each other. It's late, but everything comes next. Recording stopped.